Welcome to After Further Reveal. What's going on, everybody? Back at it for episode six of After Further Review. Ben Ryan Chase back here for a really, really exciting week. Hopping on early so we can get this podcast out because you already know Thursday through Sunday, we are going to be watching a bunch of March Madness as well as some baseball world classic too. We got a packed show and we're going to dive into both of those sports here shortly. But yeah, I'm pumped. How are you guys feeling about this week? Yeah, I mean, this is one of the best times of the year. We've got March Madness. I mean, we get to fill out brackets. And I mean, did anyone fill the brackets out yet? I, I'm not even going to get super salty about it right now, but I hate that they have all these 11 seeds playing super late. There's literally, I think it's Arizona State and Nevada play tomorrow night at like 9 o'clock, and the tournament starts Thursday at noon. It's like, I mean... It, uh, it it triggers me. I'm going to do my bracket before then. Um, but, yeah, I have not filled mine out. Yeah, I just filled one out uh, recently. And it's my only one for now. I'm sure I'm going to fill out a few, but I feel pretty confident in it. I filled mine out, and I'm feeling really bad about it. <laughs> and if anyone knows about my brackets, I had an eight seed in the, in the final four. I'll just say that. Whoa. I mean... We've seen we've seen crazier things happen. It's not an eight seed going to the final four. I feel like it's not that crazy as long as they get past the second round. That's where it's usually the big game against the one seed. But over over under for both of you over under like seven brackets you make right now because I only usually only make a couple. But I just want to know. Um, probably over. I'm gonna go under probably in the four to five range and any coin flip brackets so you just flip the coin and choose the team no that takes too long <laughs> it does yeah. take a while yeah it does that's one when we had more time in college but not anymore <laughs> no there's some games that just i mean this field just is so wide open this year and i know it feels like that every year but a lot of those blue bloods are down in the five six even seven seed range and feels like anyone can win yeah definitely and by the way i just found this about your number eight seed yeah since seeding began in 1979 71 of the 86 teams to reach the title game have been top three seeds surprisingly number eight seeds account for five of the other 15 appearances the most by any other seed one of them has to at least be yukon right one of the I either so. the yeah kemba and North the kemba Kirk, year i think unc too was an eight seed <laughs> yeah Dang, that's pretty crazy. That's a that's a good high seed the, to pick, man. I was just thought about the eight seed, and I was like, oh yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, and um, actually, I was thinking about doing a little, um, not necessarily just March Madness trivia, but um, in honor of the four one seeds, I came up with um current NBA players that had played on each of these seeds, and I didn't know if you guys were interested in trying to guess these players. We don't even have to ask. If it's yeah. trivia, we're in. Let's bring it. <laughs> All right. So here's how it's going to go. I'm going to name the college they went to, which obviously it'll be one of the four number one seeds, which team drafted them and their current team. And all you have to do is guess the NBA player. All right. Oh, you guys ready? Here we go. All right. I'm going to start it off decent. This player went to Alabama, 
He was drafted by the Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh, I know who it is. Sorry. And he now plays on the Utah Jazz. Who is that player? Colin Sexton. Chase, you have a guess? Yeah, I'm going to go Colin Sexton. Yeah, that's correct. Ding, 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 ding. All right, all right. What all year right, was that? That was good, Ben. You knew right away before I even got to the Jazz. Yeah, I know. That was a clutch pull. All right. All right. The second team, Houston. This player was undrafted in the NBA. And his current team is the Philadelphia 76ers. Name that player. Houston, not drafted. Current team 76ers. And it might have, he might have been. You might have went undrafted around 2016, if I remember correctly. 2016. Wow, I am actually kind of blanking on this. I'm trying to think of the Sixers depth chart right now. <laughs> I'm struggling. Houston. Take a stab. I'm going to go with, like, Niang. It's a solid pick. I'm going to go with... Anybody, Chase? Um, I'm just, I'm literally just going to... Uh, I know this isn't right, but I'm going to say Melton. I know this is not right. He went to USC. This was Daniel House Jr. No, that's what. Oh. Damn. Didn't even know he was on the team. Yep. He <laughs> literally just made a play like a week ago for a dunk. That's like his most significant play as a Sixer. Yeah. I was about and to he say spent most of his time with the Rockets. So there's that. He's played for like 10 college teams. I know. I was like, of course, it's Daniel Damn, House. That was who, a hard one. Doc tries to like force him into the rotation. The only other current NBA player that had spent time at Houston was Quentin Grimes, by the way. Oh, okay. Okay. So, that was a good um, one. I didn't know that Donald House went to Houston. I know he played for the Rockets, but I know he played I know. I, was, I got confused, yeah. too. I was like, did I type this in wrong? <laughs> I wanted to say. I can't honestly couldn't remember his name, though. All right. That's, all right. Next, that's a next shame. Team, next number one team is Purdue. This player was drafted by the Detroit Pistons. And he currently plays for the Detroit Pistons. And also, he is the only current NBA player that played at Purdue. This is really tough because they're just yeah, leading with a bunch of young guys. I wanted to say uh, Luca Garza, but I'm pretty sure he went to Iowa. Yeah, he was, he was the Iowa guy. Oh, yeah, the Iowa yeah. big guy. I was thinking of Caleb Swanigan, but he, he oh, passed yeah. away tragically. Not yeah. that long ago, but I remember him at Purdue, I think. I can only think of a few players, and I know none of the guys I'm thinking of went to Purdue. So I, I don't I don't have any. The player is Jaden Ivey. Jaden Ivey. Oh, and he cool. actually gets pretty good minutes. He's been balling out, actually. Yeah, he's okay. having he's yeah. having a pretty good season. Dang. I think he's got wow. COVID right now. But... I was thinking of like any like big like power forwards or something. I know. I was not thinking <laughs> yeah. that recently either. <laughs> Well, I thought this would be like I would have a bunch of people to choose from, and I was like, "What the heck? He's the only current player from Purdue. Purdue's usually pretty yeah. good." Well, those three yeah, teams, are. like you don't, they're not usually one seed. <laughs> no, they have the uh, national player of the year. I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah, they do. Oh uh, yeah, Zach Eady or whatever. Oh yeah, that dude is yeah. huge. <laughs> yeah, I know. I can't believe Dank hasn't posted anything about that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that guy's a monster. Speaking it's the profile. Guys, this is Seven five dude on Oral Roberts who averages thirteen a game. Love oh, it. E- easily got, sending them through the first round. Now. Yeah, anyone that has any one bigger than a seven footer gets past the first round. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, all right. You ready for the last one? The last number one seed is Kansas. So I, I had some options here. I was really excited about it. Okay. All right, this player went to Kansas. 
He was also drafted by the Cleveland Cavaliers. And his current team is the Golden State Warriors. Name that player. Kansas, Cavs. Kansas to the Cavs to Golden State. Yep. Wow. Well, it's not necessarily straight from the Cavs to the Golden State. Yeah. But they started with the Cavs, and now they're with Golden State. Yep. Yo, I'm hyped this one stumped you guys. Oh, my gosh. I feel like I'm going to be salty when I don't get it. Uh, Can you give me a, a rough State. Year? 2014, same year as MB. Oh, is it was it Wiggins? Oh, that's a that's a tremendous pick, and that's correct. Yeah. Oh, Andrew yeah, Wiggins. Damn. I forgot he went to Kansas. Yeah, I know. Now you just said that in a flashback. Yeah, I wasn't sure. That's money. Thank, thanks for you guys. Yeah. Damn, good ones. Yeah, you Jeez. got you got two out of four. I think <laughs> Daniel House Jr. one. Yeah, Daniel up. House. No, that was fun. That was fun. Yeah, no, and looking at all the the action, I mean, I was going to break down each region quick, um, just go through a couple highlights, um, starting off with the South region, top left. Um, I think Alabama, number one overall seed, and I think they got the easiest road to the final four. I think when you look at the one, one through five or the two through five, in that region you have Arizona, Baylor, Virginia, and San Diego State, and I think those three all have um, some weaknesses, some injuries, and not as worried um, about those teams. Um, Utah State versus Missouri is one of the intriguing games for me. Big toss-up. Both are top 15 nationally in offensive efficiency. So bet number four, over 155.5, minus 110 to go 4-0. Right oh, there. okay, okay. For those who don't remember, Benny with the Ricky Fowler to land top 30 last week. Finished 13th. And Ben, just real quick again for the listeners, what was that pick again? Yes, yeah, so it was Ricky Fowler, uh, top 30 in the players this past weekend. Um, that was a plus 135, and he finished tied for 13th. So if you took that. Ding, ding, ding. Got some shmoney right there. So the, the pick this week is the Utah State versus Missouri over 155 and a half. You heard it here first. First, folks, not necessarily a lock, but this man is 3-0, and he is straight cooking with peanut oil right now. So hop on the Benny train if you can. And the one team I think could be a disappointment in that bracket is Baylor. Uh, they have a really a really good backcourt, uh, but they've been had in, having injuries all year. And so a first or second round exit is pretty possible, and they face Santa Barbara, who ranks seventh nationally um, in field goal percentage. And Santa Barbara was a team either last year or the year before that almost beat, I think, Creighton. So that that has some potential. So looking at the Midwest region, you got the top right. Um, Penn State back in the tournament for the first time since 2011. And Jalen Pickett looks like he's a star. So that's going to be exciting for Penn State fans. And I know my wife's pretty excited about it. So Yeah, cool to see him back in the dance. And they got – I mean, they got a – it's not – it's not a – it's a winnable game. I mean, it's going to be a good game, I'm sure, against the yeah. Raiders. But yeah, I like Penn State a lot this year. I know that they've played in a tough uh, Big Ten conference. I feel like they're ready for the challenge, and I have them making it all the way to my Sweet 16 and making it and playing uh, for the Final Four, actually. So they go past the Sweet 16. I like that. I mean, a 10 seed that was Miami last year got to the Elite Eight. So yeah, definitely just by virtue of matchups mostly. But yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and me picking Texas to win it all last year and screaming go Longhorns for about 24 hours before they got knocked out by a 14 seed, I think, first round. I'm definitely staying away from them probably for the rest of my life. So go Penn State. Yeah, and speaking of what I was saying with Miami, I think they could be the biggest disappointment in that Midwest region. Um, they made the Elite Eight last year, like I said, but they have some injuries and they faced Drake, who's 12-5 matchup, and that's a legitimate uh, first-round test. Um, there could be a Cinderella team, though, out of this. And it, you're looking at number 13, Kent State. They could win this game or they could also lose by 20. Um, <laughs> it's, it's hit or miss. But they have a starting rotation of four seniors. I mean, they've faced Houston, Gonzaga, and Charleston, um, all with single-digit losses. Um, so they have a defense – and they have a defensive efficiency of 30. So they can make a run. It's just a matter of if those guys can put it together on a big stage. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, and I, I know you love your senior team, so. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've been putting them in and out of the Sweet 16 like four times now. So we'll see where they end up when the – when the bracket locks. That's yeah. true. You've made your bracket, but you're probably going to make like eight more changes to it. before. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make all the wrong changes. And like Penn State, like what I was saying, uh, they're playing Indiana from the Big Ten Conference. And like I said, the conference this year has been a real shark's tank of talent. I mean, it's really unsettling. And it doesn't matter if you're home or away. Teams have been upset, had big wins. So... Danny, do you know if uh, that team I was talking about last week, Kennesaw State, is there any is there any hope for them to upset Xavier? No. Okay, thanks. Any team, I think, in this tournament has a chance. I mean, I don't think there's any team that's flawless. So catch them on the right day and yeah. get them – coach gets his team motivated enough. You're looking at potential upset. Um, but Indiana, I mean, they have one of the best players in the tournament. I think Trace Jackson – um davis is the guy's name and he's one of the best players so indiana could easily make a run yeah that guy's thick yeah i think ken state's a harder matchup than whoever they face in that next round so if indiana gets past them they're looking at the sweet 16 but moving on to the east region uh we got it's this team this region is just stacked with blue bloods um you got kentucky and duke and michigan state but they're not where you normally see them. They're at five, six, and seven. And it's just really weird to see. And I think any one of those, basically one through six, can make it out of there, which is why this is wild. Yeah. And Marquette wasn't ranked to start the year in their number two seed. So they yeah. really came on this year. And I wouldn't expect that they would have done what they've been able to do. Yeah. And you got Duke, who's really hot, but they're a young and experienced team. And they could struggle against an experienced team going against Oral Roberts, mm -hmm. who was the big Cinderella team of 2021 when they reached a Sweet 16 as a 15 seed. They have Max Abamis, Abmis, who's his nation's seventh leading scorer. And he was a leading scorer for that 2021 team who, when he averaged 26 in that three game span of the tournament. Um, they also have a 7 5 guy named Connor Vanover, who averages 13 a game. So they could definitely pose some problems for Duke, even though even though they are hot right now. Also, real quick, Florida Atlantic University, I don't ever remember seeing them in the tournament, and they're a nine seed. 
I feel like that's an easy, that's it should be an easy win for Memphis just because I've never really heard of them before, unless I'm just straight bricking right now. They're 31 and three this year. Yeah. They've been at football school more recently, had some success on the football field, but yeah, it seems like one of those smaller Florida schools always makes it in somehow, like Florida Gulf Coast or Florida State's in there. Not that they're small, but Florida always gets their hand in the tournament. Okay, yeah, they're 31-3. They're 18-2 and in their conference, which is insane, but they didn't play a top 25 school all year, so a little, little suspect. Yeah, Memphis, I mean, Memphis will give them a, give them a good test. Um, yeah, I mean, their best wins were – teams that weren't in the tournament so we'll see <laughs> yeah ben you're like 31 and three you need to see those ken palm numbers on uh oh yeah fau i think on ken palm they're actually top 20 <laughs> are they really yeah so you know um, people are so if you're a stat nerd fau is moving up in your bracket yeah on ken oh, i'm sorry on ken palm they're 26th but they're ahead of teams like kentucky indiana it's so impressive State. I mean top so, thirty. Yeah. I mean they're um they're top they're top thirty-five in both adjusted offensive and defensive efficiency. So uh, I have them losing to Memphis, but I might switch might change my mind. I also do, but that's yeah, could be a toss up on that one. I honestly didn't read that far in the FAU, so glad we took this little pit stop on the <laughs> FAU train. Just answered a lot of people's questions. There you go. Yeah, if you were wondering about FAU, got the answers right there. Um, but moving the on, eight to nine is always hard too. Dude, the eight nines are. Yeah, I think, it's a it's a coin flip, anyways. And I was seeing that a lot of people <laughs> thought FAU was more like a six or seven seed, and Memphis was more like a six or seven seed. So the fact that they're both mm. lower too is it's interesting. That, that's why it's crazy that the eights chase that stat is nuts because yeah. those the eight nines are such a toss up, and then you have to get through usually the one. Yep. And the yes, fact the... that so many eights made the run is kind of crazy. Yeah, and also real quick before you move on to the Midwest, just looking at this Kentucky Providence matchup, both yeah. teams 21 and 11. Both teams have a bunch of nice losses against good teams this year. Um that's kind of a weird game. I feel like that's a toss up too. Don't underestimate them Friars. Oh, I was just saying Providence, they're a little bit more offensive this year than maybe they were a defensive team in the past. They have a little bit more of a threat this year. So Kentucky, if they get off to a slow start, uh, Providence could really put the clamps on them. Yeah, yeah. And Kentucky, again, some good teams here. They have a double-digit loss against UCLA, Gonzaga. They did beat Tennessee, but they lost to Alabama by 26 as well. So I mean, I'm sure it's one yeah. of those games where if they start missing them threes, they can get yeah. sketchy real quick for Kentucky. Right. Yeah, and don't forget last year was when they were a two seed and lost to St. Peter's. Yeah. They, oh, that's right. I forgot yeah. about St. Peter's. Was that that really tiny school from New Jersey? Yeah. What yeah. the heck? Nowhere to be found in this tourney. No, not in this one. Um, but moving on to the West and final region. I think it's, you know, Kansas is uh, a blue blood here and it seems like they have a fairly easy route, um, at least to the Sweet 16, and then we'll see what happens. But I also think whichever team, Arizona State, Nevada, either one will probably be TCU. TCU having to prepare, any of those teams that have to prepare basically for two teams is tough. 
and both mm-hmm. Arizona State and Nevada play at altitude, so that definitely could affect um, affect the game against TCU. And I and I, um, I saw that in ten of the eleven tournaments in the first four, um, at least one of them has gone on to advance in the second round. So that's wild. Yeah. So one of these teams has a really good chance to even make. Like I know we're saying against TCU they have a good chance, but really like their odds, like statistically, it's on their side. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think St. Mary's is, for me, like one of the obvious upsets um, in this one. VCU has been playing really well. Mm. And for them to be a 12 seed is kind of surprising. I think they're a lot better than a 12 seed. Um, so pretty tough draw for St. Mary's. Some weird games yeah. down there, like Northwestern and Boise State. It just feels like a weird game to me. I don't know why. Yeah, true. How do you feel about the Connecticut-Iona matchup? Rick Pitino back in the tournament. Yeah, Iona's always sketchy. UConn's been really good this year. They're actually ranked fourth on Kempom. I feel really good about that team, but they definitely can shoot themselves in the foot. And it depends. I think if they can get through Iona, VCU's just as tough of a matchup, if not harder. So... They have a they have a tough draw, but I I'm not going to go against the Huskies. Yeah. Also, real quick, the VCU St. Mary's matchup. For those of you listeners who don't know out there, a member of the VCU staff is the one and only Shippensburg Red Raiders sniper Clay Connor, who used to hit them deep range three balls back when we were in college. So VCU should be an easy lock to send to the next round for everybody listening right now. Is is that your bet? Oh yeah, okay, okay. That's my pick. That's my pick. You, you see know what? Money line. I like my it. My second ever after further review pick. My first one was on the three point contest during the All Star break. So honestly, it doesn't really. I love count. it. I love you. You heard it here first. Right. VCU money line. I don't need any. I don't need any numbers. I don't need to see the lines. All I know is that they got Clay Connor on their team, and they will come and they will compete and they will go home a winner against another team that came out of the uh wcc i hope they rain threes down well the money line is plus 146 <laughs> all right i like it what what what's the um what's the spread right now plus four and a half okay money line all money right. line they will win the game well does anyone have anything else they want to add for this march madness uh bracket i mean i'm i'm excited it's going to be a fun there's games all day you get to Mark red all over your bracket. It's fun stuff. Did you talk? Did you talk about Gonzaga at all? Because I know that the last like five years, I feel like they've been a one every year, and this year they're a three. It's a little little sketchy for them. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Drew Timmy's back for like the eighteenth year. I hate Drew Timmy. By the way, <laughs> I know you do. He was so mean on like the on the interviews last year after his games, like in the tournament. He's like. I'm not shaving this stash, even if my mom wanted me to. Like, dude, go get a life, or I don't you. <laughs> Sorry, that was, a little, that was kind of a rant. Gonzaga's <laughs> gonna be out of the twenty early for me. Too. Are they going off against yeah. Grand Canyon? <laughs> They're gonna get that first first round loss. Uh, no picks, no picks, but I will be rooting against them. No, I think. I mean, I think they're a solid team. I don't think they have. They're a championship team. I mean, UCLA is really good, although they just had one of their best. Uh, Wing wing players go down, so that's a loss mm-hmm. for them too. No, yeah. I'm excited, and we'll get our brackets filled out. We'll get them printed out. We'll get the green highlighter and the red pen. We'll be ready to say, "Give me the green!" Come this weekend, baby. I cannot wait. 
favorite sporting event of the year for me. Yeah, I'm just really hoping after this first weekend that my championship team's still in it. At least, at least the first yeah. game. That's sometimes why I pick like a one seed to like win it all, just so like I can yeah. go into the weekend being like, okay, okay, I got another meaningful game here. <laughs> Yeah. Although I usually pick Kansas to win it all every single year. You're going and... for the back-to-back. <laughs> I know. Do you, guys, do you guys know the only time all number one seeds made it to the final four? Yeah, it was um, – oh, we were in college, right? I'm gonna, wait, hold on, hold on, Chase. Hold on. I don't remember the year, though. 2016. No. When is it? 2008. What? what? Yeah, it's the only happen. time all four number one seeds made the final four. Whoa, that was a long time ago. Yeah, and Kansas won that year. Classic, classic. So there it is. I think it was Kansas, North Carolina, and uh, blanking on the other two now. Maybe it was maybe when we were in college, it was just in the lead eight. It was all one and twos, but not all the ones made the final four. Maybe it was something like that. I think that's I think that's what it was. It was something super chalky, and we were all just really oh yeah, because there's always like a couple people that do the our bracket challenge who don't know anything. So like some of them who don't know anything will pick like the 15 seed to go all the way, which is that's fine, whatever. <laughs> but then there's the people that pick the higher seed every single time, and it's like oh that's kind of annoying. And that year in college it happened, and <laughs> everyone was just so salty. I remember I don't even yeah. remember who it was. Uh, no, I'm not naming names at the moment. <laughs> the other two number one seeds that year were Memphis and UCLA. Was that the Derrick Rose team? Uh, oh, yeah, probably. Like 2008? Yeah, they made the Final Four, right? Prime Derrick Rose. Bro. Yeah. That's true. Derrick Rose's prime definitely started when he was in college. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Might have started in high school. <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Middle school Derrick Rose. <laughs> no, no, we we were Derrick Rose fans. We I feel yeah. bad for straight ballers. Body just gave out. I yeah. wish he get. I wish he at least got some minutes with the Knicks. He still got some. Still got some something in the tank. Oh yeah, oh, I could geez. definitely. I could definitely see in two years him having like a all star like first half of the season somewhere. Like yeah, I don't know. Oklahoma City. Yeah, I'm signed <laughs> with like the Thunder or the Pistons and get him some playing time. Yeah. After they trade SGA to the Knicks for uh, anything. Eight whatever. first round picks. Yeah. Since the Thunder are just going to continuously rebuild forever. And like, ever, oh, and we ever. got another superstar. Another, yeah. eight, uh, another eight first round picks for us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Speaking of the NBA, Joel Embiid had a game winner again. Yeah. MVP. Sorry, I just had to slide that in there. I don't want these participation awards anymore. <laughs> That's true. I don't, I don't even care. Yeah, Jokic is a stat stuffer, and that's all he'll ever be. So you know what? That's fine. MVPs versus rings. That's gonna be the real debate. He's got MVPs, but Joel's gonna have rings. So I told you guys last year, I'm not a Sixers fan, but I thought Embiid was the MVP last year. Yeah. So I just don't get like they have some sort of real bias, and I don't understand it because if you're gonna annihilate teams for being they're going through a process and Oklahoma city should never win any awards ever for the next <laughs> 50 years. They shouldn't win anything, any other players. And I'm sorry. SGA is a great player, but you can't ever win an award because your team is a uh, tanked for you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not Embiid's fault. What all happened. And yeah. he had to go through more 
already being in Philly was tough. And then he didn't play the first two years. So there was a lot of adversity he had to go through, especially since he didn't start playing basketball till high school. So yeah, statistically, he shouldn't be where he is right now. Yeah. Really, if you yeah. think about it. But we all know who the true MVP is. We all know who the real number one player is. I love with it. John Morant. Oh, no. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, no, that was good. That was good, and it'll it'll be a fun weekend of basketball. But um, yeah, from one crazy tournament about to start to another one that has been absolutely insane has been the World Baseball Classic. I'm salty. I haven't been able to watch as much as I wanted to. Um, some of the games a little late at night or like during my workday, but. No, it's been crazy so far, and it started off with a pool A madness of a bunch of two and two teams that we were not ready for. And I don't know, it's been a fun tournament so far. Yeah, I'm gonna quickly just talk about the pool A madness. So I picked the Netherlands, brick of a pick. They got third. All five teams were two and two. They started out two and zero, oh and then just crapped the bed. Um, you you picked the Netherlands to come out of the pool, or you picked the Netherlands to also win the entire championship? I picked the Netherlands to win the whole thing. So terrible, terrible pick. I, I will say before I hose you too much that I had the Netherlands and Panama coming out of there, so I picked neither <laughs> team right yeah. out of that pool. Yeah. Likewise on the Netherlands pick. I get what they are doing. They the The World Baseball Classic is doing it based on run differential, but it was a disaster. So basically, short rundown, Pool A, all five teams were tied two and two. The second tiebreaker, obviously they couldn't use wins and losses, is run quotient. So I still don't understand it totally. And I think before this, if you asked any even diehard baseball fans, they wouldn't really know what run quotient is. Didn't you say the announcers during the game, like they didn't even really know what had to happen? Yeah. Yeah, Not touching it. (laughs) Announcers did not know who was advancing. So basically, simply put, it just run it's runs allowed divided by outs. So from my understanding, the reason for using this is because of the nature of international play, teams are mismatched sometimes, so they don't want to encourage like 20 to nothing or 30 to nothing games. Um, so it basically only focuses on run prevention, but it's really hard to figure out. Um, so additionally, and then if that didn't work, the next one would be earned runs allowed divided by outs. Um, so it's just, it was basically a lot of chaos and no one knew what was happening. Um, so the final basically looks like this. So Cuba had 15 runs allowed with 108 outs to give them a 0.139 run quotient. Italy had 17 runs allowed with a 108 outs and a 0.157 run quotient. And then it just went on from there. But that's basically how they had to figure it out. And nobody knew at the time what was going on. And in that last game, if the Netherlands had lost seven to f- they had to get up to seven to five or seven to four i don't even know seven mm-hmm. to four seven to five to to advance be based on the runs i mean i guess the division makes sense because there's run rules so games can end early but that's why they have the outs but it is confusing like canada's 18 to 8 win is not that good because they let up eight runs allowed the fact that they yeah. scored 18 <laughs> runs means nothing Oh, that! Yeah. <laughs> oh my yep. gosh. Yeah. And it Which was bizarre, too, for Italy. After they won their game, they were all kind of on the field waiting to see the official word if they actually advanced or if they just won and didn't advance. So it was 
Oh, weird. I've never really seen anything like that before. It's very bizarre. It all happened on live television, too. This all went on as the post-game uh, activities were going. So Yeah, and I'm sure it was awkward for the announcers to like be like, oh, Italy won, and now all five teams are two and two. And we'll, we'll, yeah. And we'll here, here here advances. <laughs> and here you had Taiwan, who just beat Netherlands, and now they got the fifth seed, and now they're relegated to have to qualify yeah. for the World Baseball Classic again. Oh, is right. that? I was wondering if that's yeah. how that works. Yeah. yeah. So now they literally just beat the Netherlands, are two and two, and they have to requalify now. And Yu Chang went off. For yeah. Them. He was the first round MVP before that's they awesome. even like, played the other half of the first round. <laughs> And speaking of, that. Yeah, and speaking of players going off, I mean, Italy, both wins behind Matt Harvey pitching. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, the dude gave up one run in seven or eight innings. If you want to and talk then, about pitchers coming out of nowhere to actually be successful, Jose De Leon, Matt Harvey, guys who are literally garbage, garbage cans, <laughs> are throwing like $300 million contract level worthy contributions in the world baseball classic and they're both making like combined five hundred thousand dollars i should have broken out the jersey unbelievable this world baseball classic has been awesome though to really see players that like you've never heard of who've been career uh, spent their career in other leagues and stuff like that come out and be really show out during this baseball tournament has been awesome to see it's really fun I think Britain, Harry Ford, the top yeah. one of the Mariners' top prospects, he's been putting in work. So it's it's also cool to see those guys who who are playing against yeah. major league level pitching. Yeah, Great Britain's been a fun team to watch. I mean, watching them get beat up by Canada was one thing, but they've been really competitive. I mean, yeah. yesterday they beat Team Israel, and like you're saying, Harry Ford, um, a lot of young guys. They actually have a guy who went to. Uh, Westchester University, Nick Ward. You guys familiar with him? Oh. He was playing first base for them. Okay, no, I was not. That's pretty Yeah, neat. so he is from, uh, I think from the area, but he went to Westchester along with Joey Wendell and John Mayberry. And uh, John Mayberry, that's a yeah. name. Oh, I love John Mayberry. Yeah, so, uh, but he's also in the Phillies organization right now, too. As a not really a prospect, but just as a minor league guy. But obviously, he's raising his stock with every at bat that he's having. Yeah. He's having pretty good success, been on base. Um, but yeah, Great Britain. A lot of their younger players have really been the guys who have been holding the torch. Harry Ford can't seem to hit the ball without hitting a home run. So that's good yeah. for Mariners fans. Yeah, I mean, right now, obviously, this pool will be over by the time we post this. But that. Pool C is kind of in the situ- similar situation as Pool A, where it's yeah. it's wide open. Then a little sus about this run quotient to come back. Well, Canada is out probably if they lose the next one. I'm just gonna yeah. say that because of how many runs they gave up. No, yeah, go ahead. definitely. And a fun story to talk about. I know we've been texting a little bit, but Team Nicaragua. I know they don't really have an excessive amount of talent, but you have to really appreciate what they've been able to do they're in a tough division and they could have they could have been china in this tournament have given up and been run ruled in every single game essentially but they held in they made a big moments uh, a lot of their young players are really making a name for themselves going into the tournament looking at their roster the only person i was overly familiar with was probably jonathan loisiga or the reliever for the yankees 
So, I mean, for one person on a roster, I didn't really feel too confident with them. And during the tournament, it's shown when they've made mistakes, the game's kind of gotten out of hand. But two young players that really stood out to me were Elian Miranda, their third baseman slash DH. She hit a home run off of Marcus Stroman to knock him out of the Puerto Rico game. Mm. When, when Marcus Stroman was cruising to that point, he couldn't he couldn't miss with his pitches. They were swinging at everything. He comes up and clobbers one into the left field. Really cool moment for him. And the other bigger moment that's come from Tim Nicaragua is Duque Hebert. He, and for those who don't know, he's, Essentially, for all intents and purposes, a rookie. He played in the Nicaraguan Winter League. He was the rookie of the year there. He comes in in what is essentially a mop-up role, and he has to go against the meat, the absolute meat of the Dominican lineup, Juan Soto, J-Rod, Manny Machado, and then Rafael Devers. He struck out two, two of them, or three of them, three of the four. Machado flew out. After the game, he gets signed by the Tigers, which is just a cool story because he was a rookie. No one knew of him going into this tournament. No one, except for probably Team Nicaragua. And he comes out with a major league contract. That's pretty cool. Yeah, no, that's definitely one of the coolest stories I've seen. And for him to, I mean, he was throwing like 90 and to strike out those guys. And then I think there were some Tiger scouts in the in the mm-hmm. stadium at the time. And then to get signed right away. Um, such a cool moment for him and even the team. Yeah. I mean, he was in a spot where he could have just gave up hit after hit after hit against the meat of the order and going, going up against them at such a young age. We saw it with the USA Canada game. Canada started a 19 year old player got roughed up and I can't blame him. I mean, it's a tough position to be in to go against team USA's rosters. Obviously he did what he could. And, uh, they had a couple players just try to, try to get in there and do what you could. And they got overmatched, but team Nicaragua, really fun team to watch this first round. It's sad that they didn't get a win out of all this. I really wish they did for moral purposes, but the future is bright for them. They have a lot of, a lot of veterans, but a lot of promising young players coming. So they're going to be an interesting team to watch through international play over the next few years. Yeah. So I guess because they, went 0 and 4 2 are they going to have to requalify yeah baseball classic then too yeah i think every team that gets the last team in every division gets relegated so obviously a tough road for them but you have to like that their odds are pretty good i mean they have promising young talent i'm sure it's going to lead to more and more development for them so cool story yeah, and I think that's one of the really neat things about the world <laughs> baseball classic is it gives these guys an opportunity to either you know revitalize their careers or advance their careers onto the next level i mean i think one of the names that comes to mind was not the world baseball classic but 2020 with the olympics david robertson Mm -hmm. um off tommy johns was struggling he came back and pitched for the team usa and then he got signed by the rays and then the cubs and now his career he got he had a great year with the Mm -hmm. phillies and um so just he got back on track yeah yeah and uh yeah by the way another uh just moment from team nicaragua definitely have the best mustache in the entire tournament juan diego montez their center fielder has a raleigh fingers-esque mustache oh i love it you have to see it if you haven't seen it you have to go look up this mustache easily the best facial hair of the entire tournament we're getting in the first round everyone go stop what you're doing and look up the mustache juan diego montez Somewhat of a sketchy outfielder, 
tremendous mustache. It's also crazy to me that like not that some of these guys, oh my gosh, that's an amazing mustache. It's outrageous. That's an amazing mustache. It looks like a cartoon mustache almost. That's a really nice mustache. I love the number 99 too. Yeah. Oh yeah. The whole vibes of this player. I was like, it looks like someone you would make on road to the show and MLB the show. He looks like a preset player. I was like, damn, I played as this guy before. (laughs) Dude, it's so cool to hear some stories. Like, I'm sure we could talk about that all the time, but even like Czech Republic, like their guys just have regular, they're playing baseball for the country, but they have regular jobs. Like the one, the one dude is just an electrician, but he's playing for Czech Republic. Like that stuff's wild to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool to just hear people like you never heard of. And they're like 40, three-time all-star in their league wherever they're respectively yeah. from and like decorated athlete and you're like i've never heard of this guy yeah. like why why and they go up and crush a home run and you're like damn this guy's 40 i wish it was easier to follow some of these other leagues like yeah true. it's just not easy but yeah like especially the winter leagues or stuff like that down there you know it's obviously a language barrier too. So local reporting is probably a little tougher. I mean, the KBO and the Asian leagues, you seem to get a little more action, but I mean, there's like the Taiwan league, which you barely hear of at all. Like any of those leagues over there, but yeah, the Netherlands has their own pro league. Yeah. The Netherlands. Yeah. Germany, I think has a pro league. That's wild. (laughs) That is wild. Yeah, Yeah, no. And I mean, we kind of touched on pool A and pool C a little bit. Pool D obviously still wide open Venezuela and I know we all have them coming out but you had them in your finals Mm -hmm. and they are looking really really good and obviously in pool b2 Japan not much surprise there we all picked them to come out number one blasting Um, everyone (laughs) yeah I do I do have to throw a little bit of shade because Chase you did pick China to come out of there and I know that they had a tough showing maybe COVID did, did them dirty they didn't have enough time to ramp up but Australia on it is a big surprise for me too. Three and one yeah. coming out. No one, we didn't talk about them. We had Korea, Japan, and China. Um, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. I know. And speaking of leagues around the world, I didn't even mention them. Australia has a pretty extensive professional baseball league now where a lot of guys are going to get winter work in and kind of adding to their careers or resuming their careers. So this is a big moment for them. And yeah, China, that was my pick. They completely just rolled into a ball and died in their second game <laughs> and they didn't return ever since then they're proud i think they're the only team to get run to get mercy rolled twice in five innings and it's seven innings and by the way they've been outscored 47 to 10 through this entire tournament and their only run the the game which they scored their most runs which was five was against the check the one and three czech republic team <laughs> So if you want to find an absolute garbage team that you thought was going to be okay, wasn't Nicaragua, wasn't Panama. No, in fact, it was China. And you think maybe that, you know, they would do something to win a tournament, you know, get some national pride, maybe lock all their players and their families into a stadium until they perfected the game of baseball. But no, they just went out and protested. It cost me a valuable pick in my pools. So thank you. Yeah, not good for the run quotient. <laughs> no, they just purposely wanted to ruin that division. Yeah, I feel like I feel like just looking at this, like we had eight teams coming out, and at most any of us are gonna get like four or five, maybe. Yeah. There's been a lot of unpredictability, which is cool. I mean, 
that's what everyone likes about March Madness, you know, yeah. like the upset teams. I mean, there's not much of a Cinderella story going, but there's been a lot of cool moments for a lot of cool players on these teams, like you said. I mean, even the teams that went 0-4, like Nicaragua, like yeah. there's a lot that came out of it in those four baseball games. Yeah, just watching them and the effort they're giving and to keep harping on Nicaragua, like their games could have been mercy ruled. They really could have in a lot of situations. Their Puerto Rico game, the game against the Dominican, they got out, you know, gave up a lead early and then they really settled in and made great defensive plays and battled back and just played with a lot of heart. And same with Great Britain. They're just teams that like you, I really didn't expect them to do anything. Like I just expected the USA to mercy rule them. Canada almost did. I was like, yeah, they should probably just get mercy this entire series, but you know, yeah. you can't underestimate people's desire and their will and just unmarked talent that's coming out of these places. Yeah, I know Chase Field where the Arizona Diamondbacks play when the U.S. played in Mexico in that game. That was like Mexico fans. They they packed into that stadium and mm -hmm. it was like one. Of, it was like I mean, obviously. Yeah, and it was a sellout, and it was just really cool to see. I mean, you know, like fans and other sports sometimes go really hard depending on what it is, like football games and stuff like that. But, like, I've never seen a baseball game. Like, like the atmosphere there was just so cool. And, and it mm -hmm. probably helped Mexico because it generated yeah. them to have a really good win against a stacked U.S., um, you know, roster. So Yeah. The only thing that kind of bothers me is the fact that the MLB teams have so much influence over the decisions in these games that kind of bothers me in a way. Uh, like the U.S.'s manager, Mark DeRosa, talked about how he's can't really use a lot of pitchers in certain situations, especially early on in this tournament, because he doesn't want to burn them out. And hmm. they're already on a pitch restriction for the game, but he, he almost makes it seem like they're in a even further pitch restriction for a lot of people. And it showed in their, in their game. I mean, they had to leave Brady Singer in a Daniel Bard in really bad positions, but they just had to leave them in, which is unfortunate. Yeah. You'd like to have them put out their best players in the best possible spots, regardless of their usage. Kind of the biggest negative. Also the announcing tandems have been a little weird. I'm not going to lie. I don't know if you guys have noticed that, but, uh, the guy who's been calling with uh, Buck Martinez, I think, he's a little out there, a little weird. Not going to lie. I forget his name. I think he's with the Mets. He's like a minor league Mets guy. I mean, that makes sense. What's his? The Mets have like the I best. I can't even remember his name, dude. They're, at least the, they're major leaguers. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to pull uh, a name out of my ass. <laughs> no, I can't think of the guy's name. but And also, Buck Martinez, I'm pretty sure it's that guy's name. He's very old at this point, but he sounds like a Scooby-Doo villain. And I'm trashing <laughs> on this guy. He's a very successful major leaguer, great coaching career, decorated uh, U.S. baseball. But he, uh, whoever's the producer is just doing a garbage job. There's got to be better people for this. I mean, I think Gus Johnson could probably make the jump. This is a Fox Network broadcast. I think he could do a little World Baseball Classic. Oh, true. But uh, true. yeah, he that tandem, when I see it, I'm like, oof, this is going on. The volume's going way down on this television broadcast. Yeah. Yeah, but no, I, it's exciting. Um, I'm excited to see once we get into the, the field of um, – the eight teams that advance into the single elimination this weekend 
and really see where our brackets stand after the next couple of days. I'm hoping I can give myself a couple of greens here and there. I'm hoping the Dominican loses, so at least I'm not the only one with my champion out. Ben! <laughs> ben, if Honestly, that happens, you would actually have picked that right thing because you didn't have them come yes, out. that's also why. The U.S. It looks a little shaky, I'm not going to lie, and I think they're going to get themselves into a bad spot because of their usage. Like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, for we'll some see. reason, I feel like they're just going to tank hard in one of these games. It is really sketchy with their pitching, and obviously with the the run rule that Ben said, the run quotient. Yeah, really especially is. it's going to be single elimination, so. Yeah. Like, oh, true, yeah, if they get out. Yeah, if they get out, I mean, uh, I don't know. I'm not as comfortable as when I first picked them. I just want to talk about the scheduling again for the World Baseball Classic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. The fact that the quarterfinal of Australia and Cuba happens on Wednesday when USA and Colombia and a bunch of other teams are still just playing in their pools. <laughs> yep. what? Why is that happening? Yeah, the scheduling is very odd. And the yeah. timing's been weird. I love waking up at 5 a.m. and watching baseball, but it's yeah, a little qu- tough. The quarterfinal Australia-Cuba game happens before venezuela israel mexico canada puerto rico dominican and united states columbia at 6 a.m rise and shine baseball yeah but their quarterfinal is going to be done before most of those teams in pool c and pool d or even know who's getting to the quarterfinals yeah yeah one of those teams is going to be eliminated before a bunch of other teams and they made it farther technically also, if Italy, if if they're starting Matt Harvey in their quarterfinal game against Japan, he's going to get shelled. I think so, but he's been Cy Young this entire tournament, so who knows? <laughs> I have no idea what to expect anymore. Oh, my so God. I look at a pitching match, I'm like, they should shell this guy and have five and a third perfect innings. And you're like, what? Minor league deal with the Angels incoming. Who, Matt Harvey? Yeah. Throwback to when we went to the beach one summer and Ben spent like $80 on a basketball game. Is that the one that you also spent $80 on? Yes, but but I came out with a nice Allen Iverson jersey and Ben was deciding, I think it might have been between like a Vince Carter jersey. No, it was a Roberto Clemente. Oh, that's right. It was a Roberto Clemente. And Ben goes with the Matt Harvey. He goes, there's a lot of upside in this jersey. At the time, he was a dark knight and coming off his his in in legendary 2015 World Series performance. Yeah. I mean, he was super dominant that first stretch with the Mets. I didn't know he was going to go on this downhill trajectory that with Tommy Johns and then Tyler Skaggs and a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. Bunch of dark turns only to resurface and be yeah. amazing in the World Baseball Classic, which nobody saw coming. Credit to Mike Piazza. Yeah, true. Yeah, Team Italy's actually been a decent surprise, too, of, like, all the surprising teams. They, uh, I mean, they had some bad losses, but they seem to be getting with, like, a lot of confidence, too. And they have a lot of young players on that team, which is also kind of surprising like guys who are just broken into the majors or still in the minors yeah and no, i'm surprised that they did as well as, as they did so yeah i didn't think they were making it out so <laughs> no, none of us did. <laughs> none of us thought they were making it out but all right well i gotta i'm gonna give you guys a quick card trivia now while we're at it you ready i'm in let's get yeah, it let's do it all right so two football 
two football guys. Ooh, changing it up. We have a 2005 Bowman Aaron Rodgers PSA 10 rookie card with 177 PSA 10s. And then we have a 2000 medal Tom Brady PSA 8 rookie card with 318 and 467 that are higher. Which one is more expensive? This is a tough one. This is a tough one. I made this one pretty hard. Well, I, I'm i going to go with the Tom Brady card. Um, to repeat that, Aaron Rodgers is a rookie card, PSA 10 from 2005. And Tom Brady is a 2000 rookie card, PSA 8. Mm, Tom Brady, worst grading. I'm still going to go Tom Brady as well. You guys are correct. It is Tom yes. Brady. Let's so the out. Tom Brady is a $600 card and the Rodgers is a $500 card. Okay. Yeah. Dang, I well, wonder if Rodgers knows about that and he's salty about it. That a yeah. 10 for him is still worth less than a Brady 8. Well, once he comes to the Jets and wins a Super Bowl and retires, then it might be worth the same amount. <laughs> another, another topic for another day. <laughs> he's setting up his team. What do you expect? Yeah, I don't know. Uh... It's pulling all the moves. Here we go. Welfare scandal incoming. Don't don't I, sue me, Brett Favre. Please don't sue me. I thought it was funny that if he is pulling all these strings for the Jets and he just doesn't come to them and they just spent all this money for nothing. That'd be honest. It's kind of annoying for them. Be honest, it's kind of annoying. They're just they're just sitting on their hands, not doing anything because they're waiting for Rogers' decision, and then it's just like it's, yeah, and they're just signing off his people, which don't always match with the front no. office's people. So it's turning into a real soup in yeah. New York. <laughs> Coming whatever. off a season with a lot of bright spots. They're just muddying it right away. Yep, whatever. Classic Jets. That's classic Jets. <laughs> no, and I mean, this was a fun show today. It was a lot of fun. Um, did anyone else have anything else before we wrap up? Any other random tidbits? Yeah, I just wanted to touch on something kind of cool I saw today. Um, the Padres had a... And I'm part of it's probably because they all these teams have guys in the World Baseball Classic, so they don't have their full teams for spring training. Um, but Ethan Salas made a spring training appearance on Saturday and caught half the game. Um, and he was a top international prospect this past year and signed for $5.6 million in January. Um, and he's the number three prospect in the Padres system. If you don't know his name, you're going to know his name soon because he made he caught major league pitching and he's 16 years old he made his spring training debut and he is 16 years old wow which is that's crazy i know like it's crazy like to think about how young like i know you hate that i always talk about how young guys are but, like for a 16 year old i don't even hate that do i <laughs> well like when i talk about like luca you know like oh he's so young oh okay yeah. i kind of hate that but, but baseball is like, different because you can stay in the farm system yeah. for a long time. And he only played about five innings, but to be a catcher from the international, and he's probably most most guys from that at that young, they put him in like the Dominican League or something like that. And he's probably going to be starting in over here in the U.S. in like an Arizona League or even like low A. So for a guy that young, there's a good chance by 18 or 19, he's already in the major leagues. So wow. it's just crazy i've never seen a 16 year old do that that's insane i uh i saw from uh obviously puerto rico had a, a perfect game combined but i saw that in their start jose delian had 10 strikeouts and that was the most 
strikeouts in an international game since Ubaldo Jimenez had 10 strikeouts. What? Dude, I love playing with Ubaldo Jimenez on the show. Yeah. I know. Anything Ubaldo Jimenez-related, trivia-related, I was like, that's amazing. I would have never guessed that. Ubaldo Jimenez. I mean, he had a really dominant run. I actually have a Ubaldo Jimenez World Baseball Classic card. Do you really? Yeah. Was it from the year he had the 10 strikeouts? I, I think game? it's from 2008. I'll have to look. I'll have to that find might, it. I think that might be... Was it. that Rockies? Was he on the Rockies then? Yeah, but the but the card is an actual... Like, it has a World Baseball Classic, oh, classic logo. from... Oh! That's pretty funny that you said yeah. oh. I actually just saw that card the other day when I was looking through my a box. It was destined to happen. Dang, that is wild. That's a money name yeah. to Ubaldo. Ubaldo like Jimenez. I kind of look at his stats now. Because he was with a... that. I could see it being a nice middle name. Okay. All right, Chase. It's a money name. Up, while you look up his stats real quick, just for everyone making their brackets here right before the tournament starts, in the past five tournaments, only once has a number six seed reached the Sweet 16. I know it's easy to put them through early, especially because all the 11 seed matchups aren't done yet. But only once in the past five years has a number six seed reached the six, sweet 16. That means that 20 number six seeds have played in this tournament, and only one of them made the sweet 16 in the last five years. All right. So we're putting on, we're putting Kentucky, TCU, Iowa State, and Creighton on notice right now, especially <laughs> TCU. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, TC is on the hot seat for sure. All right, I got a, I got to Baldo Jimenez's stats here. Screw Iowa State, by the way. Are they your forever, never going to pick them to yeah. win team? Do you guys want some uh, Ubaldo Jimenez stats oh, yeah. real quick? All right, so he played 12 years, which was easily longer than I thought he did. And in six of those 12 years, he had double-digit wins. Dang. And in four of those years of the six, he had double-digit wins. He also had double-digit losses. <laughs> yeah, but he also <laughs> played on some. He played on some bad Orioles teams. I remember. Yeah, he played from the Orioles from 2014 to 2017. He had two decent seasons. He went 13 and nine and 12 and 10 with the Orioles. That's not bad. Better Career ERA of four three four. He was 114 and 117 lifetime. So he had to go from pitching in like a straight hitters park to a really bad Orioles team. That's not ideal situations for a pitcher. Yeah, he went from he the 2010 year third in the Cy Young. Yeah, he was. He had really decent seasons with Colorado. Surprisingly, Dang, he had a really good year. He uh, looks like he went from Colorado to Cleveland to Baltimore. Yeah, those Rocky teams were good. Yeah. Yeah, they had some who decent is, years. Wait, who is their closer? Oh, is it Houston Street? I'm pretty sure it might have been Houston Street. I'm pretty sure it might have been Houston Street. Street lights out. Yeah, oh, he actually he signed with the Rockies in 2020 and he got released by them in the same year. But he made a comeback oh. in 2020. I didn't I don't remember that. I was just looking at the top 12 players. I went down a rabbit hole, top 12 players on the 2010 Rocky team. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Some Let me get weird, some, of that. some weird names. Miguel Olivo is on there. Got a young Dexter Fowler, Ralphie Alberti oh, Court, yeah. oh, Jason yeah. Hamill. <laughs> oh my Cargo. god. Cargo. Cargo. Oh, Troy Tulowitzki, that was my boy. Damn. Chris Ionetta. Like I was there for a while. Eric Young Jr. 
Oh, he was trash for the Mets. Yeah. Oh, Seth Smith. That guy was around for a while, too. Melvin Mora. Barmas. Melvin Mora was around for a minute, too. Yeah, he was. Jason, with their pitchers. The Jason the Hamill. Julius Oh, yeah, <laughs> you guys are just listing random Rocky players. Octavia Dotel. I'm pretty sure that guy played for like almost every team or something like that. Didn't he, did Danny he set he a was, record? He was in the, I remember him in like in the 2003 MVP baseball I used to play. Yeah, he played from sure. 1990, 15 years. Jeez. Wow. What a career. Yeah. Same with Julius Chassin. He's still playing. About to get myself an Octavia Dotel jersey on one of which one? Games. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, his rookie year was with the Mets, so I guess he got to go that one. Yeah, there you go. Had a nice 5.380 RA. What a squad for those Colorado Rockies. All right, Ryan, you're going to have to get me and Chase off the, yeah, yeah, I'm off cut, the rabbit hole. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll cut you guys you get us off. out of here. I'll cut you guys off. If there's any listeners left listening, <laughs> shout out to all of you out there. Hope you guys are having a great week so far. Hope you get your brackets in. Thursday at noon is the cutoff. Thursday at noon. Make sure you get them in there. Um, but yeah, overall fun show today. Really got to dive into some of our favorite sports and tournaments. Um, yeah, and a special episode we're gonna throw this upcoming weekend. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Chase is coming up. We're gonna do a show with all three of us in person for the first time on after further review and get that posted right away, make it as raw as we can. So super pumped about that. Unfiltered reactions to live sports yeah 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 maybe even maybe even get our our girlfriends and wives involved too maybe see if they can make a special guest appearance yeah a lot of stuff in the bag but yeah overall great show appreciate everyone listening spotify apple podcasts um let us know if you ever obviously want to talk want us to talk about anything um dive into any players teams whatever it may be we try to hit current stuff but also some fun stuff as well but yeah overall thanks for listening chizzy chase rye bread and benny 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 hana out episode six peace